Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We talked today to John Black, the CEO of Regulus Resources. We talked to him about money. When do they need to raise some, how much, and who are they going to get it from? Plus, we talk about their drilling, plus permits to their operation in the north. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. Good. Lovely to speak to you. We spoke to you back in the beginning of May. Can you give us a one-minute summary for people new to this story? Okay. Um, my name is John Black. I'm the CEO of Regulus Resources. At Regulus, we have a company that uh, we're a group of seasoned explorationists, and we specialize in identifying large copper or copper gold projects at a relatively early stage, but at a stage when it's clear that it'll be a fairly strong project. Mm-hmm. We capture those projects, we drill those out, and then ideally we deliver a large, economically robust resource to the market at a time when major companies are looking to acquire these type projects. Fantastic, thank you very much. Good summary. Um, you've got projects down in Peru. Uh, Peru is a well-known mining region and district. You're surrounded by some pretty big pretty big names down there. Um, how have things been since May? You see, last time we spoke, you said it's, it was a pretty good environment. Anything changed? Well, when we spoke in May, we just put out our our first resource estimate on the project. So between indicated and inferred resources, we'd announced over a 500 million ton resource of quite attractive copper gold grades on the project. And we were just entering into our phase two drill program. Our phase two program is designed to be about 25,000 meters. We're about halfway through that program right now. And we've been announcing some some very eye-catching drill results from that from that uh, drill program. So that's fantastic on the, on the drill stuff. I'm, I'm kind of interested in the mining environment in terms of, I know you're waiting for a permit to come through. Any reason to believe that that won't come through? No, the, the good thing about Peru is it's a mining country and it's a, it's a fairly standard process. It's, it's a very transparent process in the sense that there's no jumping the queue or anything like that. The frustration that many of us have with um, Peru is that sometimes it's a slow process mm. and you don't know exactly when it comes out. But we, our, ours is a fairly straightforward um, submittal for what we're, we're anticipating on this mm-hmm. um, and we it's just it's just a wait now we we anticipate that we'll have the permit by the end of the year okay and then there's uh, no sort of challenges or issues from that neighbor no not a, no the fact that we're next door actually helps us we're more of a brownfield situation and we're in northern Peru we're in Cajamarca we're in an area that is um, a, a mining community in the area and we we don't have indigenous community issues or, or any any anything like that we have good support from the local communities on on moving forward so it's just a just a process where where Peru the the process now involves a number of other ministries not simply just mining you have to have to check off with with other other interests in the company in the country and that's that's good for us it means it, it confirms that we have broad support to go forward with what we're doing okay so again so let's come back to when we spoke in may share price about 145 it's about 130 at the moment but you've had this peak had a bit of a run-up in august september can you tell us why that was what we're seeing, and it's kind of an interesting pattern in our space right now, is as we drill the project out, we're drilling lengthy holes into a fairly large deposit. And so we have drill results coming out about every two months. And um, we've been announcing some some rather spectacular results. The results that came out in September included hole 34 with 820 meters of, of 0.77% copper equivalent, kind of eye-catching results on that. 
the, that catches the market's interest. We tend to see a run up in price. And But we're fighting headwinds right now with trade tariffs affecting copper price and affecting sentiment in the copper space. And so we tend to see a pattern where we, we good news results in a, in a run up and then, then we drift back off until we get the next good news coming out. Um, we, we believe the results we've been putting out warrant uh, more steady steady uh, positive results that accumulate over time on this, but uh, our, our trading pattern has resulted in, in kind of flat for the year. Yeah, it's kind of flat overall. I was just I was just interested in that, Pete, because you went up to, I don't know, circa 175 and you back down at 130. It dropped off rapidly and you're putting that down to trade tariffs and commodity price as, as a result of the trade tariffs, right? Um, but are you at that kind of funny stage in terms of your you're drilling. You're 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 putting. You've got about four rigs. Is that right in the ground at the moment? We're currently drilling with four rigs. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's giving you a, a sort of meaningful data. But you're at that kind of funny stage where you're you you're waiting to tell people what it is that you think you got there in the ground. And how how do you sustain? How do you can how do you um, consistently convey what it is that you're trying to do or trying to be? To enable the share price to actually start going upwards. Well, we, the good thing is this is not the first time we've we've done this as as a company. Our business model is to get on a project like this and drill it out. Um, we have good access to capital. We have good supporters, good shareholders on this, and so we're we focus on steadily drilling the deposit out demonstrating the size of it and de-risking it. Um, it's kind of a funny market that we're in right now is, is there's a lot of positive sentiment for copper in particular. And in, when you talk to major mining companies, they're all trying to position themselves to have large copper deposits. There's a general consensus that there will be a looming shortage of copper as we see further electrification of vehicles. And quite frankly, we're not putting too many new mines on in production as an industry right now. Mm. Um, however, in the short term, there's uncertainty. Um, I mentioned the trade tariffs. It's uh, partially centered around that, maybe global economy as well on this. And so there's there's a it's I've described it as the most positive yet cash poor market that I've seen right now, where everybody seems to be in agreement that copper is a great place to be but everybody's waiting for it to happen. And so everybody's watching, they're, they're taking a look, but they're afraid to be the first movers on this. We see this commonly in the market when we're, we're on a market bottom or a lower spot on this. Nobody wants to go first, everybody wants to wait, everybody agrees it's a good idea, but they need to see those breakouts and sustained breakouts. Quite frankly, it'll be mostly in copper price for us. If we see, um, say for example, trade tariffs resolved between the US and China, or, or a general more positive feeling on global growth, uh, we will most likely see the copper price move. And then names like us will be in a very good position because we're working on a large deposit, one that's very attractive for people to acquire. And so we, we kind of look one to two years out is where we want to be. And uh, it'd be nice if our share price was steadily climbing in that, but we know we're building the base so that when the positive sentiment comes back, then we'll probably see a rather sharp uh, uptick for names like ourselves and, and many others, frankly. So what's, what's the thinking for you? I mean, how, how do you deal with these cycles? Okay, so you're, you're a bulk play. You got some uh, credits with gold, silver. Um, so that's that's kind of appealing, but it's it's, very, it's, it's sort of low grade, you know, bulk, bulk play here. Do your shareholders like, I think Route 1, I think was someone who was on board. Do they say, 
We'll continue to follow our money. We believe in the thesis. We believe in this management team's ability to deliver this project. Um, will they continue to fund you, or are they now sitting back and also waiting to see what the market does? No, there there are a number of uh, Route One's a very steady supporter for us. They they've actually encouraged us to go out and and take advantage of these low spots in the market, both to acquire projects. Okay. Quite frankly, the Antiquary project we had, we acquired it in 2014 when the market was even a more difficult situation right now. So we we like these soft spots in the market. It's a good time to acquire projects. It's a good time to work on them. It's easier to get drill rigs. Prices are cheaper. Uh, good qualified people are available. So the important thing is to, to have access to capital and be able to work um, steadily and when in these periods where the market's struggling a little bit more. And then we're building up the resource. We're building up the project that we want to have when the market hits that boom. And, and then the thing about our business is it's very cyclical. Uh, when we have these low spots, we always see the high spots come back on it. So no, no. they always it always seems a little scary while you're waiting for them. Yeah. But uh, we've, we've been through this a few times before, and, and it's, the important thing is to work steadily, focus on project quality. You want to have a project that stands out. We believe we have that with Antiquary. Um, you mentioned a key point is it's not only copper on this project. It has a strong precious metals component to it with very significant gold content. So we kind of have some protection on metal prices. Copper's down a little bit now, but gold's up a little bit too. So, Where you were in 2014 and having Route 1 encourage you to buy something in 2014 is different from today. You, you didn't have assets then. You have assets now. The market, the cycle is at a low point now. What is Route 1 telling you to do today? Because they're not saying go out and buy more projects, are they? Um, well, in general, some of our, and it's not just Route 1, we have a number of, yeah. of backers that encourage us to do what we do, as, as well as our own personal philosophy on this, is that right now, as Regulus, we're on to a very, very good project. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've recently spun out a, a new company called Aldebaran on a very encouraging copper gold project in Argentina as well. And so we're not aggressively seeking new projects right now, but you always keep your eyes open. Projects like what we have with Antiquary and Regulus and what we have with Altar and Aldebaran are very hard to find. Um, as, as an industry, we've been able to, um, as juniors, um, put our hands on a number of these over the last 15 years or so, uh, reveal the full potential for them and sell them to majors. It's been a very good business model for many of us to do. Uh, we were very successful in our first company, Antares, when we, we discovered the Hikira deposit and sold that to First Quantum. Uh, we're, we're back on another one that we think we can do again, but it's harder to find those right now. And so um, groups like Route One or others that back us are always encouraging us to keep our eye out. If we see another one of these rare, rare opportunities, we'd yeah. certainly try to put our hands on it. Um, but we're, as you mentioned, an interesting point. Right now, we're on to a very good one with Antiquary and Regulus. And so we're really in the stage now where we're focusing on drilling it out, showing the full size, de-risking the project, having it ready so that when the market enters into a stronger phase than it's in right now, um, that, interestingly enough, that's when the major companies acquire projects is when copper prices are high. It's because they're cashed up and, and they're looking to grow. No, I understand that. So that's that's the M&A component. So, and towards the end there, you, I think, answered the question I was going to ask, which is, so what, what have you as a board or a management team decided to focus on now in this low cycle? Um, and have you got the cash to be able to do that? 
yeah, essentially in these low cycles, capture a good project, which we have, yeah. and now focus on drilling it out, showing the full size, de-risking it, having it prepared to to be ready when the market comes back more strongly than it is right now. And we see the, the roots of that. We see the major companies clearly indicating they want to have very good projects and they're looking. Right. Uh, we're not quite into a strong M&A phase. Um, capital right now, we have, we have good, strong uh, supporters. And we're seeing we're seeing for good projects we're seeing access to capital as as I wouldn't call it easy but it's there for good projects and good teams and and particularly those with a gold component uh, there's there's been a flurry of financings for gold related projects recently and and we can play play both aspects of this project as being both copper and gold so relatively easy and I I, I, t I know you're stressing the word relative um, relatively where would you be getting this money from? You're not yet looking for strategics. You want to maintain control to prepare, is your word, the company to get the best outcome for your shareholders. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, yes, absolutely. Right, okay. So who are you talking to or who will you be talking to with regards to raising the next round of capital? What type of money are you expecting to bring in? How much? What are you going to do with it? Well, there's been an interesting uh, phenomenon really in our space recently. If you look at most of the major financings that have been done for, for larger amount of monies for serious drill projects, um, we've seen um, a migration away from the traditional private placement in our space. And we've seen an increasing um, number of strategic placements, major mining companies uh, putting money into interesting projects that they want to monitor, even at a relatively early stage. And um, in some ways, it's acting as a proxy for their exploration efforts. They, they've realized they're not generating sufficient projects themselves, so they want to put their, just get a, a toehold into a group like this. Mm -hmm. And so that's something we're very aware of, and, and we're um, constantly in, in discussions with potential groups to do that. As, and then the other alternative is to do a more traditional private placement, which has been difficult for us, uh, partly due to competition from other high-risk high reward opportunities like the cannabis industry or, or prior to that cryptocurrencies. Um, so that's drawn a lot of funding away from us. Uh, we're starting to see that come back into the mining space, particularly for gold right now. Mm -hmm. So that we, we right now we really have two principal avenues that we're exploring. One is a, is a strategic placement from any of a variety of major mining companies or, or or private equity funds that want to have their a toehold into an interesting project like we have or always with the opportunity to go in a more traditional private placement. They, they have their pros and cons. The strategics are very attractive, but you have to watch out for strings attached. You, you can't be wed to one company by simply having them make a, a minor placement into you. Right. Okay. And with all your experience and your track record, what's that telling you with regards to the amount of money that you think you'll need to have in the kitty to be able to prepare this company for some kind of exit. Well, when we're our, our business model requires us to to do a lot of work on a project. When we acquire the right project, like we have our hands on right now, we're into a heavy drill phase on this as we drill that out. And so our our burn rate, the amount of, of, of funding that we need to progress the project, is approximately twenty to twenty five million Canadian per year. On that, um, we're nearing the point where we need to to get set up for next year on this, and so that that would be approximately the amount of money, somewhere between 15 and 20 million dollars, 
is what we'd be looking at uh, raising in in any variety of manners uh, between now and say the end of the year. Right, and then I guess then comes the question again, using your experience, you've been there and done it before, is do you think you then reassess the situation at the end of next drill, at the end of next drill season, uh, and then work out what you want to do, or do you say, well, that's the moment where we're going to have meaningful conversations to try and monetize this, have a monetary event? Um, really, where we're at on this is we we put out our first resource in March. We're in our phase two drill program. Um, that'll be about 25,000 meters. We anticipate we'll finish that about the end of Q1 or, or sometime in the first half of, of next year, which will allow us to put out an updated resource about mid-2020. Okay. Um, at that point, we'll, we'll make a decision on whether we put a preliminary economic assessment around that, mm -hmm. or if we still feel the project is quite open for expansion, we would enter into a phase three drill program. Our strategy really is to demonstrate the full size of the project and, and identify the best areas of the project before we enter into putting economics around it. You, you really don't want to start too early on that because you want to you want it to have the best foot forward when you put your first look at what the project might look like, the poten full potential of the project. And, wh and where, do you, where do you believe that shareholders get the most value? What stage? Obviously, a PEA at state phase three, I think you're calling it, um, has some benefits, but PEAs that have a, you know, they, they vary. In terms of the the numbers, in terms of what they what they what they tell you, it's a very it's preliminary. Um, do you think that the company will see more of an uplift if it gets into a feasibility or pre feasibility stage, or feasibility stage rather than pre pre fees, or do you think the PEA is a point where you could exit just as meaningfully? If we look at the life cycle of a of a junior mining company or or, or really any any mining company on this, there there are two really notable points when you see a lot of value, a lot of increase in value in projects. One is between the discovery point and approximately the completion of a pre-feasibility study. It's the it's the drill definition. You're you're on to a good project, you're revealing the size of it, mm -hmm. and you're de-risking the project to confirm that it could be economically developed. There's a very sharp increase in, in value in a project at that point. And then there's another increase in, in the ramp up right before you go into production. But sometimes that space between completion of a pre-feasibility study and production is, is a long period of time. And it's a risky time for a single asset company like ourselves. And so our business model is to identify projects as close to that discovery stage as possible we, we ideally we acquire them after the discovery's been made, but maybe not fully realized by the market or the or the group that has it that's offering it to us. Mm -hmm. And then we reveal that discovery. That's where we're. That's exactly where we're at right now on the Antiquary project. And then typically we we notice that up to about a pre-feasibility stage, it's it's a good time for us to be investing money and showing that. If we're on a very strong project, at the time we complete a pre-feasibility. Um, and we're in a good market, a robust market with good metal prices, it's highly likely that a major mining company will, will like to take it from us. It seems strange that they, they let us add that much value to it, mm -hmm. but they want to have certainty it's there. So it's not simply it's a large project. They want to have it de-risked and be comfortable with it. So we, we typically see our role as is working up to about that pre-feasibility stage. Mm. And then ideally we pass it on to a company that has skill sets to develop the project. We're not miners, we're, we're good at identifying projects and discovering them. 
revealing the full potential on them. But then it's best for us to pass that on. And that results in an earlier return for our shareholders. So we like that early monetization at about a pre-feasibility stage. Cool. A good project can go at a PEA. Uh, sometimes they take a little bit longer. It depends where the market is in terms of price and, and how robust the project is. Right, so people need to have a view on the price, the price of copper at the moment. Um, looking at chat rooms and forums, people seem confident in the management team's ability to deliver this. I think the questions have always been around timing. That, that's the, they're in concern. It's not, it's not a case of if, it's, it's when, which, which is good. That's really good. Um, it doesn't do much for your liquidity though. Um, so how do you, what do you want to say to new investors or potential new investors looking at this as a investable proposition? Yeah, for somebody looking at a project like this, and, and liquidity is an issue that we were quite conscious of as we go into um, a round of raising additional funds. So that will be a consideration on when we when we bring in new funding. It's yeah. nice to go to one sources yeah. for uh, one or, or same shareholders or, or, or steady hands that way. But we do realize that liquidity is important. So sometimes bringing in new investors could be a, yeah. a advantageous to us. So we'll certainly have that in consideration. But for those that are looking for a project right now, a good management team that has done it before is is a, is a very important way to identify good opportunities in our space on this. Um, our group is, has successfully completed our business model once with Antares, which resulted in a, a very nice return for our shareholders. We learned a lot in that process, mm -hmm. and we believe we're on to a better project now and a chance to do that again. It does take some patience on these. So we'll be building value. Uh, we're the type of a investment opportunity where you, you accumulate when uh, prices are weak like they are right now. And you, you sit on that and wait for us to have that monetization event. A lot of value is added very quickly as we approach that point in time when we can monetize the project. John, so, I, like, I pre appreciate the catch up. Um, sounds like you're sticking to the business model you know. Um, you're very clear. My interpretation is you know, you know you're not miners. You're not pretending to be miners. You're not pretending to get into production like some management teams do, even though they've never done it before. You're, you're clear what that point that you're looking for is and how you're going to get there. Um, I guess what we will wait to see is how you fund that and what the cost of that money is. As you say, it's cheap to come in now, but not necessarily good for exist existing shareholders with, with that dilution. But if it allows you to deliver an exit, then I, I guess everyone's going to be happy. Well, and we're, we're, we're not, it's not like we're um, rock bottom prices by any means right now at all. We've, we've identified a project and that shows we have a market cap of about $120 million right now, which shows that we're on to a good project. It's a good intermediate stage with us right now. Yeah. Um, and the, the real trick now is to make that next jump up. And we'll do that by continuing to, to deliver the draw results we've been doing right now. Uh, show that increase in resource. Um, a critical stage to watch for us is that we anticipate we'll have the permits that let us make that next jump to the north. And by, by moving to the north, we're at the opportunity to increase the size of the, of the resource that we're on. But we also anticipate that the quality of the resource is greater to the north. As we move to the north, we're moving into to an area of the project that is has a cleaner metallurgy with it and is associated with better quality ore. So we, we think that that's a critical stage for us. 
Okay. And and that's a great opportunity for people to to get into the company before we make that jump to the north. Once we once we're drilling to the north, if we deliver the results that we anticipate that we'll see from there, uh, that's the type point when we'll see not just a jump, but a sustained jump in the value of the project. And do you think the, I mean, we're coming up to, well, maybe it's a bit early, but we're coming up to tax loss season in, in Canada. That's always a tough one for juniors. Um, is that going to affect your decision making as to the timing of raising money? Tax loss is kind of a funny one. It's, a, it's always hard to predict. I mean, we are coming up to that time of the year when that's mentioned a lot mm. on this. Um, Keep in mind, many investors are not just in our sector; they're they're in other sectors as well, and, and that where they may not they may have a lot of tax benefits on this. So it's kind of hard to tell. It's I, investors have their reasons to be be selling. Um, if if there if there are those that want to sell for very good reasons right now, that just creates an opportunity for other people. So I, I view the end of the year this way as a great time to to look for opportunities for good prices in solid projects with good management teams and to position yourself well for those. Um, and particularly in the copper space, we, we will see a point in the not too distant future when we see a price increase and any company on a very good project right then is likely to see a substantial increase in price. So it's a great time to patiently position yourself for one or two years down the road. Beautiful. Thanks for the summary, John. Appreciate your time. Stay in touch and uh, let us know how things are getting on, okay? Okay, we will do. Thanks. It. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.